Welcome to Wilborn's World. This is the Wilborn's World podcast. I am George Wilborn himself. Hello, people. Welcome. I am uh, joined, as always, with the beautiful Angela Stribling and the blacker than ever, Breon Goodson. <laughs> Black is beautiful. Darker Black and darker. is beautiful. Well, you are just stunning there. <laughs> <laughs> She's so stunning. Oh, man. I'll take that. I'll take yeah, that. You should take that. It's, it's fitting and, <laughs> and accurate. So listen, you guys know, every week I do, in my opinion, this is a, a, a great way, I think, to start or whatever the hell is going on in our world. Y'all hit me with it. The Girl Scouts are starting to launch a new trailblazing badge after the Boy Scouts are starting to begin to accept girls in it. That's a problem. Yeah. I heard about this story a few weeks ago, and I, I, I'm not sure if I'm totally understanding. Yeah. You know, you got the Girl Scouts for girls. The Boy Scouts for, for boys. boys. Right. So I'm not real sure where we're going. Yeah. Believe me, I was uh, packed 35-30. I used to be a Cub <laughs> Scout and a Boy Scout. Were I had, you? Absolutely. I was, I was a Girl Scout. What? Now, me too. Give not it. a Girl Scout, but I was a Boy Scout. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I was yeah, getting yeah. ready to... So what's your pack number? I don't remember. You wasn't a true Scout, man. <laughs> That's not that. Do you remember you know? the Scout's honor? I, George Wilborn, promise to do my best, to do my duty, to Her serve God. God, my country, and obey the law of the pack. Absolutely, what? I still remember. <laughs> Now, you don't see, remember your damn number. I know you don't remember no pledge. Okay, now check this out. I was a Girl Scout, and uh-huh. we did some fun things, but it was a little light. It right. was weak. We right. bake. Right. We did go camping a few times, but nothing too heavy. You remember the pledge? I don't remember the pledge. You weren't a true Girl I was Scout. A Y'all were slackers. Girl. What the hell? <laughs> I forgot all that. But, you know, with our, with, our, with our society now and where everything is going and transgender and us trying to figure out uh, how to deal with everyone's uh, right to be whoever they want to be is now... Obviously, taking hold of things that are just traditionally been but George, white and black. There's the Boy Scouts. Let it just be the boys. There's the Girl Scouts. Let it just be the girls. Okay, I understand the issue is right, the girls yeah. are feeling like, look, we want to do some of the rough stuff the boys exactly. do. Well, why don't they just roughen up the Girl Scouts? Thank why don't you. you just start adding and including some of the things and they got new patches and right, stuff? That's what's happening now. That's why they're actually starting this new badge thing now. They're trying to become more like the Boy Scouts, doing a little bit more rougher things. It's not just having these girls just selling cookies and In my opinion, we're going down a slippery slope. Anytime that we can't let the Girl Scouts be girls and the Boy Scouts be Boy Scouts, I think that's obviously very, very telling about the choices and the decisions we're making in our society. I totally agree with that. All right, so what else you got? I'm still a Boy Scout. I'm one of no girls. Either. I'm a Girl Scout. Yeah, even though you don't know the damn place. I kind of remember it. <laughs> when you were saying it, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Was like, oh, yeah. God in my country, like do my duty. And all that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Something along those lines. Girls rock. We got Tiana Taylor receiving criticism because she talked about how she's having three ways with her husband, Amon Shepard. You know Amon Shepard. He's a NBA star. And so a lot of criticism coming from fans because of the new song, Three Ways She's Going to Have with uh, Uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla Sign. I'm sorry. Oh, that's Ty Ty Dolla Sign? Yes. Who is he? Another artist. uh, Okay. So they're going to have a a threesome uh, song. Yeah. A threesome song. Song. But she has threesomes mm-hmm. in real life with her husband and other women, and so and so um, so all of her fans are kind of up at, at arms uh, over yeah, the fact that like they, they well they've been married for a while, girls. right? How long how long they been married? Do you know they've been uh, married a few years? They got a couple a few kids. 
kids. Yeah, they got uh, one kid right now. Okay. All yeah. right. So, Angela, let's go to the expert here. Let's go. Let's let's see. Right. You know, you, this is this you, is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, you've done a show called Pillow Talk. What do you stand on this? And is Tiana Taylor doing uh, a smart thing? Uh, is she saying, "Hey, this is my husband. You know, he has fantasies. I'm going to be the one to fulfill those fantasies," or I don't care what you other women think. I think it's one of those situations, but in my personal opinion, once you open that box, you can't put the lid back on it. Mm -hmm. So if you're introducing another person into your relationship, into your marital bed, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't even have to be married, then, all right, what else? What are you going to do next? Because Mm -hmm. you always have to raise the bar. Mm -hmm. For me, no. This mm-hmm. is my man. As soon as he is looking at another woman mm-hmm. in the bed, I've got a problem with it. But what if he looks at you and just, you know, still hang out with her? And but she's I still gotta look- go. <laughs> <laughs> it's too crowded. He could be, be three and he never take his eyes <laughs> off you. Well, you know what? And then let's flip it. So then with a lot of guys, they'll right. say, all right, let's introduce another woman. But you say, all right, if we're going to do that, let's- I think this other guy right here oh, is looking pretty good. Yeah, I want to bring a, a guy no. into it. That's always what comes in and should, rightfully so far as I'm concerned, unless you're involved in a dictatorship relationship, then anything that you want to bring to the table that you suggest, then perhaps you should be open to the same suggestion coming back at you. Which most guys are not. Well, I damn sure ain't. You ain't going to be. We're in the same boat. I think we're all in the same boat. You can put another woman in there and put a, you know, tie beard to or something and you pretend that we got something. (laughs) You pretend. Oh, no. Use your imagination. (laughs) Oh, man. I think she's customized. They have customized their marriage. And I think that's what most people or all people should try to do it some some type of way. Whatever works for you. In my opinion. (laughs) What else you got? This has gone too far. So many black men are being killed for no reason. Story in Chicago. Police fatally shoot man identified as a local barber. As the story goes on, this guy has a belt around him. They're trying to say he's strapped. He's a barber! He's supposed to have a belt on with clips for hair. Yes, you got scissors. hair clippers, scissors, brushes, combs, things that you need right. to pull and have total and immediate access to when you're doing hair. But George, what he had I'm on. just saying, when does this end? No, I don't have children. Mm-hmm. But if I had a son, I would be so afraid every single day. Mm-hmm. Just him being a black man seems to give license to police to shoot them. Just recently, I just talked to my friend Adele Givens and some other Chicago comedians who were trying to create a coalition to put up some type of funds and events to uh, stem what is just an outrageous, embarrassing, and unthought of way of life of what's happening in Chicago and other cities around this Everywhere. country. Yeah. You know, so it, it, in particular, when it comes to this, it just seems like they're never ending. It seems like it's every week it's another story. I don't know what we do. I damn sure don't know the answer. I know we can't idly stand by we and cannot. continue just read these stories right. and put nothing into action. But I, I sincerely, you know, hope that we do something. This is just outrageous. It's outrageous. Yeah. You know what? Every single time a story like this comes up, it takes a little bit away from every last sure. one of us. Mm-hmm. I don't think just as black people. I think Americans. And, and perhaps that's what it takes. Perhaps it needs to be uh, some of us being touched on the inside as a human being and forget about what the color of the person right. or the culture of the person that it's happening to right. and just say, as an American, I Enough. won't. Yeah, I won't stand by that. That's not just my opinion. That's all of our opinion right here on Wilborn's World. This is a big one. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Nanu, nanu. Nanu, nanu. That'd be like trying to give a whale a Tic Tac, mother He ran up my arm and stuck his in my ear. 
motherfucking A. We handle shit. That's what we do. Welcome to Comics Corner. You know, I'm going to tell you something, Breon and Angela. The guest that we have on today is partially responsible for every African-American comedian that has had any uh, significant career, this man has had something to wow, do with huge. that. My, myself included. He worked as a stage man and event producer, theatrical manager, who started the club after being frustrated by the way L.A.'s comedy scene failed to speak to the black patrons like himself. That's right, enough reading. The one and the only Mr. <laughs> Michael Weasley. <laughs> Straight to it. Hey. All right, all right, oh all right. Former owner and creator and uh, the mind child of the Comedy Act Theater in Los mm. Angeles. Man, what a pleasure what an honor you are in my eyes uh, an absolute uh, living uh, legend and icon and thank you for uh, gracing us here on Comics Corner and Wilborn's World how you doing Michael doing pretty good you know no complaints uh, out here in Las Vegas in the desert and it is dry hot mm. <laughs> but I'm doing all right I love it your whole story you're sitting back, looking at how black people were treated back in the day as you were growing up, watching this theater, and you bought the place yourself. I just wanted to ask you, who would you say are some of the funniest, your favorites? Wow, what a question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> you know, uh, to, to actually answer that, I have to uh, preface by saying that when we didn't have individuals like George Wilborn, like Steve Harvey, like Martin Lawrence and Jamie Foxx and D.L. Ugly, mm -hmm. you know, when we didn't have all of that, there was a time when we could only name Richard Pryor, Red Fox, right. uh, Rudy Ray Moore, mm -hmm. Leroy Skillet and Lawanda, Flip Wilson. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew of those people, but we didn't see those people live because a lot of us were, were number one too young to go to the nightclubs where they were mm -hmm. and number two you know we were just exposed primarily by you know listening to them on the albums and then eventually seeing them on on television in their sitcoms right. but they weren't really stand-up comedians mm -hmm. even though they had been but we didn't understand that so That's right. I, I guess just answer that question i have to say you know my number one and and i'm not really trying to be biased but by far robin harris was oh, my yeah. number one sure. most funniest comic because you know not only was he with me from the day i started to the day before he passed away it's just that you saw the beginnings and the Absolutely. incubation of what organized black comedy really could be and 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 actually uh, uh did a number not just on our people but on the general population within this country mm -hmm. in terms of that raw natural hands off talent meaning nobody you know got in their way who you was know, some of the guys in the early days with robin who, who was coming to the comedy act that was your regulars in la uh tommy davidson Oh, yeah. um, Martin Lawrence, Louis Dix, Ricky Harris, um, Myra J, uh, Laura wow. Hayes, Sinbad, Damon Wayans. Everybody, basically. Uh, yes. Robert Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Keenan was trying his best to do some stand-up. Uh -oh. oh, he was struggling. So you the one who first inspired him to, to, to dibbling and dabbling to this nonsense, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Thank God you let them keep coming up there. Clearly you didn't. He wouldn't yeah. go make some movies. <laughs> you tried it. Oh, and let me say, you know, Mark Curry used to drive down from Oakland to the club on oh, the yeah. weekend. Oh, wow. yeah. So, Hanging out with know, Mr. Cooper before he was Mr. Yeah. Cooper. Right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Right. But my second powerhouse, mm -hmm. which was a powerhouse, mm -hmm. because these individuals learned the art of stand-up comedy by my amateurs that I just knew had promise and was dedicating themselves mm -hmm. uh, to the craft. They yeah. were really, really serious. And those individuals I use as an example of how to do stand-up comedy, and that's why Atlanta mm -hmm. roared so loud because sure. they had a chance to see, you know, just what it, it could be like. And then, you know, over time, said, wait a minute, we can't let these guys keep doing us in. We got to kick their butt sometimes. That's right. So you, moved, and, you, you, you had a comedy act theater to start off in L.A., then you mm -hmm. opened a franchise in Atlanta. Right? No, Oakland. Oakland, Oakland, Oakland. Oakland, Oakland. Okay, Oakland. and then you came to Chicago for a, a brief stint as well. Uh, yeah, I, I came. No, I came to Atlanta, then to Chicago. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But those individuals that I was bringing to Atlanta, so the Atlanta crew could see, was D.L. Ugly, Jamie Foxx, mm -hmm. Joe Torrey, uh, Mark Curry, um, Ricky Harris. Chris Charles, if anybody knows I remember where Chris, he is. absolutely. I don't know where Chris yeah. is at, man. Hey, yeah. Chris, if you listen, man, what's up, dude? Get back on the circuit, baby. Yeah, what about exactly. Chris Tucker? When I opened up my club in March 1990 in Atlanta, Chris Tucker was still in high school. Okay. And he graduated <laughs> that June, and that's when he started. He was funny, but he wasn't funny for the grown people. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But time. my powerhouse crew was DC Curry. Bruce, Bruce, mm. uh, J, Chocolate, mm, uh, Chocolate, Small Fry, small which is Small Fire now. Yeah, um, did I say some more and Monique? No, you no. didn't. But everybody, yeah, like right. we said, you know, it's it, it's amazing. Sherman, Sherman Golden, oh, Earthquake. Sherman. You know, you're talking about uh, names that, and you know, he's naming yeah, off right. names of all of these people that I've worked with over the 30 years, and 80 percent of the names that he's speaking of are either um, are superstars or, oh, yeah. or stars or right. are still in A-listers or still very much. In the game and yeah, very much exactly. providing for their families through comedy. And Michael Williams was such a huge part of, of that process. Right. Mike Epps as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I want to know who's the least favorite that you worked with. Who's the prima donnas? Who were the guys that you were like, why did I book this guy? Why did I book her? Why did I book her? That's a good question. Good question. Let, me, let me know. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> it wasn't me. I can tell you that right now. I only worked a couple times there. <laughs> it's a good question. Who, Mike? Well, I, I mean, you know, there was... Uh, I have to say it like this. Mm -hmm. There was um, uh, Sean Williams. He was always, what? you know. What? Really? I mean, I he never used to think that. that he was. It's always the least funny. Because he was a white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were there. That's funny. Yeah. Damn, I mean, it. Oh, man. He was, he was really actually about the only person. They had an attitude thing, like every time you came, because it's like I'm a weigh-in, you know, and and I'm like, yeah, but you got to get funny first. <laughs> you know? that. 
<laughs> you say I meant to book in the funny way. Right, right. <laughs> he was like, I chose the wrong one. Well, let's see. Keenan didn't work. Sean was acting funky. <laughs> hey, I, I just met, actually, I just did a show in Miami with their sister. And, oh, yeah. And she, okay. uh, Shantae, she's... Oh, um, no, Shantae. Oh, Shantae. Yes. That's Shantae. And she was phenomenal. She's very, very funny. She's um, a terrific human being. And I, I left with a, a, another comedian cohort and a friend. Oh, that's She's good really, 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 really yeah. nice people. Yeah. All right, Michael. Hey, so Mike, what are you up to, man? What are you doing? Michael Williams, um, I know, uh, I told you, you was at some ball or some um, award show, you, you know, which I hope you would be in. Uh, presented a war because I think your work in this business speaks for itself and the way that you've treated people uh, speaks for itself as well. But what are you up to and where can we uh, reach out to you? Well, right this second, I'm actually working on the book and documentary outlining how I started the first organized black comedy club then chain in the country and how carving out an industry that we practically dominate in numbers now not just in the United States, but even across the world. Mm. Um, you know, telling how black culture really, once it recognized its power, just advanced itself. Sure. And now is, I mean, it's the big gorilla on the block now mm -hmm. in terms of superstars, mm -hmm. economic, you know, output, and um, programming, and, you know, just trying to get our slice of the pie with all that. But... That's what I'm working on Good. most, and I needed that story's to gotta be told. like leave LA. Yeah, yeah. Focus on that. Okay, yeah. that makes and, sense. And yeah. I don't know if you guys know the story or the history between me and George, and I don't know if I should tell it or you should tell no, it. No, I George. think you should tell it because oh, yeah, it was it was reminded you reminded me. I didn't remember the first time, but yes, please, you tell the story. <laughs> You didn't say George Wilborn when Breon asked you who was who the, the worst. Who was the worst to work with? <laughs> no, I was, I was trying yeah. to well, well, you got to hear this story first. You made me feel... Uh oh, gotcha, gotcha. Go ahead, Dino. Yeah. So while I was actually in preparation of opening up my fourth club in Chicago, mm -hmm. um, I knew about All Jokes Aside where George was the host. Mm. And so, you know, it's not so much of trying to measure the competition i just want to you know still you know that's my people yeah, you know doing right, something sure. and i wanted to go out and check it out and so when i got there i saw the show and uh you know it was laid back didn't really you know make no noise i contributed by getting some drinks and then <laughs> me and my friend we left to go get something to eat okay. so while we in this restaurant and I don't know nobody right now, <laughs> but all of a sudden I hear somebody say, I don't give a fuck who he is. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Michael Williams. Oh, no, I no. said, wow. I said, what did I do? <laughs> I was a younger man. I was, I was, much, I was much more uncouth. <laughs> <laughs> but now, fast forward to 2018, right, right, I do right. give a fuck about who Michael Williams is. <laughs> oh, man, horrible, horrible story. 
but, funny. But thanks for telling that. <laughs> right, right, right. right. But, but, but when you but when you when you look at our collective history, mm -hmm. you realize there are multiple layers of stories oh, yeah. that are stretched throughout this whole period sure. of organized black comedy. Absolutely. Because we're talking when I started my club in nineteen eighty five, you know, we're talking 33 years That's right. of, of comedy. That's right. And look at the generations that have come forth. That's right. And look at the individuals because, again, there was a time when we wow. weren't going to comedy clubs. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, comedy was on TV. Mm -hmm. And most people grew up assuming that comedy has always been on, on TV. TV. And it hasn't. You Man. Know, yeah, and it has. Most people also assume that comedy, you know, has always been around. Right. Whereas it has, but not like this. Not in this form, yeah. Yeah. You helped transform yeah. comedy 33 years ago. Uh, I started doing comedy 31 years ago oh, in 1987. Wow. So um, your contribution to my craft and how uh, and what I consider my gift from God uh, to be able to provide for my family and, and for myself is um, is priceless. And and I appreciate every contribution and all that you've done and still doing. Michael Williams, Comedy Corner, you all, please yeah. continue wow. to support him. Please, let, Thank you. Absolutely. Please let us know, man, and keep me in touch of everything that you're doing. We'll make sure we can continue to promote anything that you got your hands on, man. You are a living legend. I really appreciate you joining us today. All right. And I'd like to just give a quick shout-out to my cousin, Christina Grace. Yeah. And just let her know that I love her deeply and just keep on keeping on. Yeah, well, she's very loved and, around And also, here. real quick, mm -hmm. I actually met her at my club in L.A. when she was working in L.A., but we didn't know we was related at the time. Ah, yeah, we got some dirt on Tracina. <laughs> <laughs> she was out in the club, huh? <laughs> hey, Michael Williams, y'all, thank you. Thank you so much, Mike, man. Continue right, success you to you. Thank right, you so much. Care. Michael Williams, former owner and creator and founder of the Comedy Act Theater in Los Angeles. And now it's time to get deep. Thank you, Lord, for the starts and the stops. Thank you, Lord, for the pops of the rocks. Thank you, Lord, for the heels and their tops. And mops. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to Wilborn's World on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. I'm the stress reliever George Wilborn at AURN.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.